0: Barely Legal Comedy Podcast with Chris Keogh and Alex Boardman. Music, white bat audio, 80s retro synthwave mix. Well, hello everybody. Can you hear me a second after I'm speaking, listeners? Because if so, I apologise, but we can hear me like on delay, so hopefully that's not coming through, but it doesn't matter oh, yeah. because... I, I,
1: I, can't, I can't hear you, so maybe they won't be able to. Hope
0: not, because it's really off-putting to me, but it's all getting fixed. We've got a new computer on order, um, yeah. which will solve all our problems. And by new computer, I mean my son is getting a new computer, so I'm inheriting Yeah. His five year old yes. one that's
1: By by new computer, I mean new for, for middle aged men, so something that's yes. about ten years old or yes. something.
0: Yeah. Yes. I was looking at cars and because um, I smashed my car up last week in Nottingham in the floods. Did you? Yeah, I oh, couldn't no. get out of a well, it was a really tight car park and the the dude it was raining it was that horrible storm and he opened up the gate to let me out, you know, like a, a big car park gate but it was really tight and yeah. I had to in and out a couple of times to get in. And then the gig had been pretty awful, to be honest. And I was dead. It took me hours to get there because all the roads were shut. And then, so he opened the same bit and I just couldn't quite get out. And as I, I scraped, I heard it scraping. I was going, oh God, I hope that's a tree. But um, it wasn't. It was the gate. So it's absolutely wrecked. So I was looking at new nah. cars and um, <clears throat> anything over about a 2015, even a 2014, 2015 car I'm looking at, and I'm like, they, I ju- they just don't even look like cars to me anymore. It's just so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're just so full of tech. Yeah, yeah. And all I can think yeah. of is so- I can't do tech when I'm sat in my front room with a cup of coffee and yeah. you on the other that end of the line. When, I'm,
1: when, I'm, when you're moving at 75 miles an hour Absolutely or whatever that's no going
0: to be. I really, I think cars peaked, like me, in about, well, the 80s maybe. And (laughs) ninety, that was enough. You know, like when they were, they stopped breaking down all the time. And there's like there's Mercedes from the eighties that have done like seven hundred and fifty thousand miles, and nothing'll do that anymore. And I wish I'd just got one of them twenty years ago,
1: and still have. Yeah, just bought one of those for yeah thirty years ago, and just because you do occasionally see like, and it's it's always Mm. blokes, not usually blokes who have a car that was like the sort of car you used to see when you were a kid and they've just looked after it, you know, and it's like, it's really cool.
0: Well, it is. Do you know when I had, so I had my first car was a Ford Escort and I loved it. And then my second car was a Ford Fiesta and I loved that even more. And it sort of broke and this would be 1997 that it broke. So the car was probably from about 1988, 1989. Right. And I went to the, garage and they went oh it's 300 quid to fix it and the car was only worth about 150 and I was like oh I can't, I can't do that but I was like right I'll have to get it taken by the AA to like our house so that I can like get a scrap man to come and get it or whatever because the AA fellow was there when he dropped us off and um, so right. the AA fellow went um, I was listening to that conversation and 300 quid it's right what they say but he said you can do it yourself for about 100 quid and he told me what to do Me and my stepdad, um, well, him, and I just sort of held stuff (laughs) Um, just with a normal set of tools like, refitted a radiator, rebuilt bits of like, you know, put a new, I can't remember if it's distributor cap at the time, new battery, new, just did all this work on a car in like over two days and just fixed it all for 100 quid parts. And it was like, oh, you're amazing. Whereas now, like, to change the oil in my car now, I just can't do it anymore because I can't even get the engine cover off because it's a special, yeah. like, yeah. screw that they've put on it. And it, it's just, again, it's just old men whinging, isn't it? That's what we should
1: well, no do. But justifiably, though, justifiable whinging but because
0: exactly it's, it's,
1: it's done deliberately so that you can't fix it yourself, is it? It's just done exactly. to make it so you have to take it in. Yes. I remember being a kid and everybody's house you went round to had a Haynes manual of whatever car it was that they owned and so that you could take that you could basically take the car apart and rebuild it using a Haynes manual if you had the right tools yeah um and and like you couldn't do that now because like you'd have to make sure the computer all real with like aligned with everything and all that sort of you can
0: you have to reset everything on a on a computer to once you've done the job so you can fix it but it, the the car won't recognize it as fixed until like you put it's yeah, just nonsense yeah. and it's a car it shouldn't be like that it's the um it's what we said in the last episode shittification. it's yeah, sometimes yeah. it's not progress if no i don't know i just i like simple it's, things it's,
1: yeah it's meddling is what it is it it's is. like it's basically it's they've they've decided that we're going to do this thing um, and we're gonna, and we're just going to mess about with it just for the purposes of, of having something to do, almost. You know, it's like we have to be seen to be making progress. But it's like if something, like, reaches its pinnacle, that won't ever be acknowledged until after nope. the event. You know what I mean? Like, because they'll think we can still improve it, and then they end up making it worse, and then 20 years down the line, they go, actually, it was better then, you know? Mes- so. Mercedes
0: are the classic example. <laughs> Those 80s, Mes- all the Mercedes pre-80s are all drop-dead gorgeous. But in the 80s yeah. when they did said the, the models, the W123, and then there's a W124 as well that's amazing, that went into the 90s. And they do a 190 that I think was a 1989, 1990 car, and they, they're all still going, and they're absolutely peak, they, they're heavy, they're not great on fuel consumption, but if you weigh that against the fact that nothing on them ever breaks, then... It's it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And then the the, the like, after the nineties, when you get to the two thousand Mercedes, and the, suddenly the metal's like paper thin, and they're breaking down because they've outsourced all the engine parts to different parts of the world. And so, suddenly they realise, oh, Mercedes have gone really crap. Now they've they've gone back good again. But yeah, I just want. I just. I don't know. I just want everything. Like you know, when you get married and stuff. That's like supposed to be for life, isn't it? And
1: yeah, in theory. Although I'm, I'm, I'm not married, so I don't know.
0: No, well, I, I, yeah, it's not, marriage is marriage. All right. Marriage is
1: an act, act of like bourgeois conformity. Well, as
0: I'm I sort so. of agreed with that because, to, well, to me, it didn't mean anything because I'm not religious, so it was all yeah, steeped exactly. in religion, and that felt yeah wrong. And then also the other side of it was well, you get actually, you get a better tax break. So it did help, but it me- meant that I paid lower tax. So I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, get on that. But um, also it's like, well, the state now recognises you as, and it, because I'd got a law degree, I was like, well, it, there's not really much apart from if I die, then it just automatically passes to her.
1: Yeah, That's the only exactly. benefit,
0: like, legally, really. And you don't need the state yeah. to go, oh, yeah, we... The state now agrees with your relationship. Fuck off the yeah. state. It's nothing to do <laughs> yeah. with
1: you. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I just wish you could like, buy oh, everything. We've, we've got to get, yeah, we've got to get the government involved in this, darling. This exactly. is great. You know, it's like. Ex- yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. But I don't know. Some stuff. I mean, even tellies. We said it last week. Anyway, we're just
1: whinging. So, we've got... Yeah. Well, <laughs> my, I've still got the same telly I bought 10 years ago. That's uh, That must be a record in this day and age. So, And it's the only telly I've ever bought in my life.
0: It's, <laughs> a, it's like a wind-up telly. I don't, yeah. Aerials don't even
1: work anymore, do
0: they? They don't even send like No, single.
1: no. I bought an aerial and that was crap. Yeah, <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: It's really annoying. And then also you do find out, I remember CDs being the greatest invention ever and they were indestructible and then they weren't. And also, yeah, yeah. When if you've got like a good sound system from the 80s or the 90s and you put vinyl on it, it's alive. The difference is phenomenal. And you can't, yeah, yeah. you digitally can't reproduce some stuff. It's just not as good. It just is. No, it's no. just crap. We've
1: we've we, we've now turned into middle-aged men talking about. Do you remember the physical world <laughs> when <there were> so, <laughs> things, things existed <laughs> in three dimensions? Do you remember that? That was mad, wasn't it? So we were at.
0: We, I did a gig on s- last week Saturday. Let's say, and it was there were three of us in the dressing room, a promoter, and two two comics. And we're all like 40s, 50s, and the conversation yeah. went. Uh, we were talking about streetlights being not bright enough anymore, car headlights yeah. being too bright, and De- definitely, definitely, and roads being too wet, <laughs> 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 right? and um, and and stuff about cars as well, just not being as good, and then yeah. this. This sort of another act came in, like a young act <clears throat> in his 20s, uh, and he went, Hey, and just like he said, So, everyone, what if I missed? And it was like, To be honest, none of this conversation will interest you because <laughs> he's just whinging, literally <laughs> um, nothing. You've missed nothing, <laughs>
1: you've yeah.
0: missed nothing. Um, right, anyway, so this is going to be a great episode because it's one of my favorite episode ideas to do. We have had. An email to, I think it's, Mon, no, what are we called? Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. Barely Legal Comedy Podcast at gmail.com. And it is from Blue Anon. So that's quite exciting because um, they've used like a, a pseudonym because they don't want to be identified. So it says, Hello, the lads. I am a police officer. Sounds quite exciting, and despite in my head me thinking, oh right, wow, okay, and despite in my head me thinking that we section more people than we arrest, that's probably a lie. But we do spend a large portion of our time doing the NHS's job for them, and it seems that a large proportion of the UK are mentally damaged. We can only section people if they are in public and a danger to themselves or others. Only a medical professional can sanction somebody who is in their own home or a dwelling. My question is, what difference does the form walls make to whether you need sanctioning or not? And that is from Blue Anon. Oh, no. Wait. Okay, oh,
1: What?
0: Whoa, right. Whoa, right. You've, did you what? hear any of that? Did you hear
1: any of that? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I could hear all that fine. Yeah. Oh, right, good. For some
0: reason, you... <laughs> You, your microphone was muted. Right, so it doesn't matter. So, oh, right, could okay.
1: you uns- Oh, you, yeah. I, I, you missed loads of really good quips throughout that bit then. Right. So, oh. I, had a, I had a joke about Blue Nun in there. Oh, yeah.
0: no. <laughs> oh, and I can hear myself coming back through your headphones or my headphones anyway. Right, so, Blue Nun, which was Steve, <laughs> uh, which is not Steve Keegan, Alan Partridge's favourite wine, wasn't it, in uh, yeah, for yeah, a while? Yeah.
1: Another reference, another reference to the old days, on you know, <laughs> it? You, you know, there was three types of wine.
0: Yeah, anyway, so, I, Mateus Rose was the other one, and that was like Portuguese, and it was in a flat bottle.
1: Okay. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, that was.
0: Like the, we, we should just do an old farts reminiscing podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's, Most of our listeners are young; you, they're all your students. They must be bored to death.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's just par for the course for our students to manage with you, <laughs> but there yeah. Do you know what um, I was going to say yeah. to you before as
0: well? Um, yeah. I was just thinking about was talking about it the other night, because um, I've started listening to this history podcast. It's so much better than ours. It's like really yeah. professionally recorded. They're both experts rather than just one expert, which seems to be key because uh, I'm holding you back. Um, <laughs> definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, we got, got some feedback from a gig the other night where, um, our mutual friend, Tom Rigglesworth thinks oh, yeah. that our sort of dynamic is perfect for what we do. He said, so oh, and he's, right. he's done proper radio and stuff, hasn't he? So he yes. knows what he's talking about.
0: Yes. Well, th- we've gone for the format of idiots being taught by expert. That's, that's our yeah. format. Basically. It's a great role for me. I'm loving it. Um, but anyway, what I was thinking I was talking to somebody about this history podcast in between whinging about streetlights and cars and um pies being too hot nowadays. <laughs> that was another thing that I spoke about. <laughs> I got a pie and it was too hot, I couldn't eat it for about five minutes. <laughs> Which, again, what... <laughs> anyway, anyway, um. So I was great. I won the prize at school for history. I loved it. It was like my favorite. I just loved history. And then when we got into sixth form, we had a different teacher who was new from a different school and loads of reasons I just hated it. Absolutely, we just did not get on. And I ended up dropping history and then doing economics where I got like a... I think I got a C or something in economics, really. I I didn't like it, but I liked the economics teacher, so I did that because I just... Would have probably been expelled with this other teacher because she just fucking hated me and I hated her and it was just awful. Um so it sort of stopped me doing what I would have done, really. One of the things, and I was really I was good at it and I really loved it, I was really interested in it. So when you're a teacher like you are, lecture is a bit different, I suppose, because you're at university and they're adults, but it's such an important job that you can Oh, definitely you yeah. can fuck up people's lives by I had had some brilliant teachers at school, and they definitely made my life better. And without them, I'd I'd like—I just wouldn't have enjoyed school at all at secondary level. And they made it great for me; they made it amazing. But then the one or two bad ones, all equally, made it horrible when it didn't need to be. So it's just a real and that
1: thing of. That thing of where they can put you off a certain subject, oh, you know, yeah. which is ridiculous, isn't it? It's you know, it's,
0: it's, geography was a really good example. I mean, geography—I hated my geography teacher, and it's the world. How can how can you not be interested in the world? Because yeah, it's it, like it's,
1: yeah, everything in the world is contained in geography, isn't it? Basically, you, do you know, know what? So, I wonder
0: if they shouldn't teach as well. And this is another thing I always go on about. And then we'll get onto this question. Sorry, everyone, for ruining this episode. But yeah, yeah. like. You know, science and nature—that um, like a David Attenborough, this, the blue planet, or any yeah. any of his. Why are we not taught that at school? Why are we? Not... That's
1: a good question. Why that are should we that not... should be? It should. Yeah, it, you'd I... get people complaining, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd get like I, I suspect you'd get like um, people because you'd, you'd end up t- teaching about you know. Um, you know, environmental harms and stuff like that. And you'd end up with people protesting outside schools, wouldn't you, about yeah. this, this woke agenda to save orangutans or something, you know? Exactly. It, but I think it'd be know. nice
0: to know how orangutans, where they came from. Um, yeah, exactly. And I don't mean like, Borneo.
1: I mean, last, I mean last, last week, well, last time you thought they came from South America. So that just yes, proves exactly. that had you been given this sort of education at school, you would have been exactly. fine. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and like that's that's a good one. I think you should do basic mechanics and how to fix stuff in your house. And they yeah. do cooking, but cooking's cooking's really rubbish. It should be good because food's good. But you should be yeah. You, that, you don't know. learn you don't
1: learn anything relevant in cooking, do you? Maybe no. you do now, but you didn't when I was when I was younger. Well, you
0: know? also geography is the classic example of how to utterly ruin a subject because I must have said this a million times. But Oxbow Lakes and how glaciers are formed. Who gives a fuck? It's utterly irrelevant. <laughs> and half of maths is largely irrelevant to, you know, to, it, should be, it should be more applied maths and they should combine it with physics more. Yeah. And chemistry is wank and boring and it should be really exciting <laughs> and interesting. And I don't know how they can fail so badly. I don't know why. Don't know, it's just wrong. It's just really wrong. Yeah. In English. English was good, and English teachers are normally quite good, aren't they? Because they're normally like attractive women who. Yeah. Like... Although my
1: my English teacher in third year was like my worst ever teacher. She was terrible. Was she? Um, but I just I just liked I liked English though, so I just yeah I, you too. know so it was fine. But we just, I just messed about, like, because she was so bad, I just messed about the back yeah, of the class. that's and, what you uh, do.
0: And so you just still, tune out. Still and, did all right. So, but you, yeah. t- t- well, English is just blagging it, innit? It's like the law. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you should also yeah. be taught the law at school. Anyway, so back on track from yes. Blue and On, I'm, I'm guessing Blue right, and we've, On.
1: Right, we've now got 15 minutes to do this because I oh, need to go and teach a class. So, Christ. like, we can we can do this, don't worry.
0: Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, anyway. Right, so Blue and On, why can't the police section someone in a dwelling or in their own home? Why do they have to do it on the street?
1: Okay, right. So, um, I think by I mean, there's a couple of things here. I think by section, I think she's talking about um, using section 136 of the Mental Health Act, which right. gives the police um, the power to remove someone to a place of safety. So, it's not quite the same as sectioning as in committing someone to you know, a psychiatric unit or whatever because that has to be done. By uh, by a doctor, um, as far as I'm, you know, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what she's talking about. So based on the context of the question, like why can we do this in public and not that in private? Um, so I think that I think that's what the question is. Um, and it's she makes a good point. Um, are we giving the game away by saying she? Did, didn't reveal the gender. <laughs> <laughs> <in> <laughs> yeah, the we question.
0: know we know who it is, but we're not allowed to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, it's a there's, there's a good stuff, point. He
0: comes, it yeah, comes yeah. to gigs and, like, sort of befriended us a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, there's
1: a there's, What's that noise? What are
0: yeah. you doing? Rustling up your sandwiches or something?
1: Oh, I must have moved. Sorry. Right. Don't move. Right, I'll keep saying. Oh, stop rustling. Um, You're rustling again. Right. Am I no? No. How is that? No. Right, cool. Right, so... Um, there is, there's there's, a couple of things here uh, to talk about, really. Um, and there's a lot of, like... She's right about the overlap uh, between, like, police powers and, you know, medical sort of, you know, what should be the NHS and so on. Yeah. And that was... A, when I was working for the police, that was a big thing, um, is that basically because of, you know... I'm going to get on my saltbox again. Because of a lack of funding across all sectors of public life, basically nothing really works properly. So there is this idea... Um, that effectively you know mental health issues is, is a medical problem and that should be dealt with by you know relevant medical practitioners hmm. um and, and and that's fine and then that basically the police would only need to um, be, get involved in that where there was something happening in public that was you know a threat to the public so if someone, or, or someone's being a threat. You know, someone's threatening to jump off a bridge or something like that, and it appears that it's because of an acute medical problem. Yeah. Um, you know, mental health issue. Then at that point, the police can get involved to save that person and take them to a place of safety. That being, um, you know, a hospital or, or, or something like that, um, or maybe you know, a, a relevant sort of like local authority premises. You know, yeah. gl- that type of thing. That's the idea. Wacky, and the fact is, it is that good. you know, like a soft yeah, area. Because it's almost like a prison, <laughs> yeah. and it's designed so they couldn't
0: hurt themselves. <laughs> Come on, you to the wacky warehouse. <laughs> yeah. I might, I might suggest so, that. Well, our our police professional will be listening, so maybe she can incorporate
1: that in the next arrest. Yeah, um, that's that's a good idea. I mean, to be fair, it would it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if that just just gets added to the list of. <laughs> Places of safety under Section One Thirty Five as they're running, they, they running out of places. Do you know what I mean? I'd it's
0: imagine. Like... Yeah, it's, it isn't long is it before like that Suella Ellen Braverman starts wheeling out like place you know for immigrants and stuff, and it'll be like McDonald's. And then sit in the library in the afternoon, and then go back to your hotel at eight pm. Although there are no libraries either; they've closed them all.
1: So no, exactly, exactly. So wacky warehouses are really sort of filling a lot of gaps in public (laughs) life that should be done by other things. But um, yeah, and it's even in the name as well. And then
0: they'd have to go. Oh, you can't say wacky warehouse anymore. You have to say mentally challenged warehouse.
1: Acute, acute mental disorder, <laughs> fulfillment center. You can't <laughs> come on warehouses anymore either, can you?
0: No. <laughs> so, um,
1: right. So uh, listen as well. Uh, even, even mental, in this bit, don't be, yeah. don't
0: be like offended by this. If you're like, a, if you're mental,
1: no, exactly. Don't yeah, be offended. Just it's just a laugh. Just get over it. Just yeah, joking. It. You know. Just, just a joke em- at your expense.
0: Embrace your madness. Do you know what I mean? You're given a very exciting riding life. You're not bored. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Just enjoy it. And also, there's not one genius, I don't think, throughout history who wasn't ever so slightly mad. What the hell is that?
1: I don't know. I think that's just a little test. I'm in the office today. That was like a test of a fire alarm. Oh, okay. Right, go on then. Sorry. So, so some dude's
0: jumping off the bridge. The
1: police can... That sort of thing, yeah. So so I'll I'll, I'll read it, what the section says. So section 136 136 says this. Um, If a person appears to a constable to be suffering from mental disorder and to be in immediate need of care or control, the constable may, if he thinks it necessary to do so in the interest of that person or for the protection of other persons, remove the person to a place of safety um, or if the person is already at a place of safety within the meaning of that section keep the person at that place or remove the person to another place of safety. Right. Um, And it then goes on to specify what we mean by that. And it says the power of a constable under subsection one may be exercised where the mentally disordered person is at any place other than any house, flat or room where that person or other person is living. Um, So, but I think, so that's why I think that's the power that she's talking about, because that that clearly says that you can't use this power when they're in the house. In essence. right, Okay. so yeah so that's um so it's so so it's interesting because there is also a power under section 135 to deal with people when they're in the house um who are are similar and that says just just so you can compare the two um well that has that has to be done with a warrant though and that's the main issue um so basically says if it appears to adjust to the piece on information on oath laid by an approved medical health mental health professional that there is a reasonable case to suspect that a person is believed to be suffering from mental disorder and has been or is being ill treated neglected or kept otherwise under proper control in any place within the jurisdiction uh, then basically the the court can can issue a warrant and that will allow a police officer to enter and remove them and take them to you know to again to a place where they, they can be kept under control and, and given care if needed. So so there is this thing. But there's a big gap there between what the issue is, is when it's immediate. Because obviously getting a warrant takes a bit of time. You need to get sort of medical that professional That was going opinion to be my to question. Be to...
0: What is a warrant? Is it like we see on TV and the, you have to get... So say it's a warrant to go and arrest someone or a warrant to search someone's house. Do you have to go to a judge and say... Sign yeah, you'd have to...
1: Yeah, So where it says under Section 135, uh, a justice of the peace, that means a magistrate. So right, okay. it means you'd have to go to the magistrate's court, present to them the information on which you rely on to to, to get them to issue this warrant. So, you know, that that is a time consuming process. Yes. And the issue that you have now is that because of basically people, there are a number of people at large in the public who aren't getting the sort of treatment and care that they need because... Yep. The system doesn't work properly because of austerity f- for the last decade, yep. um, and that means that effectively the police find themselves in a position where they have concerns about someone, and albeit it, it probably is a case where Section one hundred thirty five should be used, or that someone should be getting proper care, um, un- you know, under under, a, under a, you know proper sort of psychiatric care or whatever. Um, nevertheless, the police are then presented with with this immediate situation that they need to react to, you know what I mean, and need to do something about. Um, And that's where there is a gap um, in their powers. Now, there is a power under Section 17 of PACE that allows a a police officer, you know, to save life or limb, basically. So if someone is is in sort of like acute danger um, or they're going to cause problems, um, then the police can use that power to force entry to somewhere and detain mm-hmm. someone and, and so on. And obviously, if there's any offences that are likely to be made, even breach of the peace, there's powers there. So there, is, there are other sort of criminal powers that the police have to deal with these things. Um, but, you know, the, there's, a, there's a definite problem, I think, that is basically not enough capacity within the NHS to deal with people with mental health issues. Um, and then the police having to sort of effectively respond to what are the symptoms of those mental health issues, if that yeah. makes sense, um, and, and and step in. Uh, and so, what you've got is this weird situation where, the, if you think about what the word in this test says, if a person appears to a constable to be suffering from mental disorder, so, so a, a police officer who's not a, you know, who's not a medical expert is given, has to assess whether someone is suffering from mental disorder. Yeah. Um, and is in immediate need of care or control. Now, sometimes that might be apparent um, or obvious, but it won't necessarily be the case. And it's quite an onerous responsibility on a police officer to make that decision. Um, now, they have to be assessed, I think it's within 72 hours of um, of, being, of being, or 24 hours. So the detention can take place for 24 hours, and then basically they have to be assessed by a medical practitioner, like by a psychiatrist in essence, to see whether or not they do have this mental disorder, and then the care that they need can can be d- dealt with going forward. Um, but one of the issues there is that you know, so it may well be that a doctor looks at him and says, "Actually, this person doesn't have a mental disorder." Um, but that wouldn't mean that the police officer was wrong to do that because the wording of the of the test is that the person appears to be suffering from mental disorder. So you know, it's it gives a bit of leeway for police officers there to to be able to make that assessment without falling foul of, of the fact that they may not actually have a mental disorder it turns out when a psychiatrist looks at them a day or so later mm. um so there's a bit there's a you know that the, they are allowed to make these decisions but you know the question is should the police be making those decisions in, in you know if everything was running properly you would say not but you know the, the you know there are situations where they might have to do that in public now the reason that that is in public and not in the private home is largely to do with human rights um, so again, and it's it's about statutory interpretation. So you look at section 136, that sits within the Mental Health Act of 1983. And the vast majority of the Mental Health Act is about sort of care and medical intervention. Mm. And it's about the relationship between people with mental health problems and the the medical profession and medical authorities and so on. Um, It's not a policing act, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, it's it's about that. So when you are interpreting a, a section of a statute, you have to look at, the entirety of the statutes in which it 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 sits you know and see what what do we mean like what's the purpose of this actual piece of piece of legislation um and you know if this was a police if this was part of pace to give police powers to detain people under under section under section 136 if that was like a a pace section you know uh, then it probably would be interpreted more liberally to allow the police to maybe Sort of like use these powers in someone's home in certain circumstances and, and so on. Um, but the fact that it's that it's a medical, it's it's meant to be like a, a medical thing, shows that these have to be exceptional circumstances. And really, it's about the police and the power to react to people that are a threat to the public. And you can only be a threat to to the public when you're out in the public, mm. if that makes sense. So, and it's not uncommon to look at the public defined as like members of the public defined within the criminal law as being uh, people not of the same household as yourself yeah so effectively someone's in a house they're not in the public and therefore the police don't have that same immediacy of having to deal with them now obviously that is a slack and and that the argument therefore would be that if something is so bad that the the police need to deal with them then they can use section 17 of pace to do it and they don't need to use section 136 and that, that would be the argument. There will always be cases that don't quite fit in either and that's a difficulty that the police have because ultimately once you're aware of a situation being an issue how, how do you then deal with it? You can't walk away from it. What do you do? Um, but the reason why as I said the reason why the four walls makes a difference is literally because of what the power is, is given to the police officers to do and about how the statute has been, has been worded. Um, because ultimately the, the alternative would be if section 136 applied everywhere and the police could enter your home and Decide that you were mental and then take you away and so on that's a very wide power to have at that point yes you know and probably does interfere with people's human rights you know right to private life right to under and then under article 5 the right to you know not have the liberty deprived and, and so on I, you know it would probably be too wide a discretion um, given to police officers to deal with things and it I, I could imagine it falling into that category of things like breach of the peace where it's like well, I can't quite work out how to deal with this situation. Let's just use section 136 and say that I thought they were suffering from a mental disorder and get them out of the way. You know what I mean? I I, I could imagine this, a circumstance where that might be sort of abused to, to some degree uh, because it would be an easy sort of like fallback position to, to use. Um, yes. And so it's this is the difficulty that you have with the law is it's got to strike balances between, um, you know, b- between sort of ease of policing and also protection of the public, but also... Your protection—it's you know—it's that conflict between the public interest in having their their, our human rights respected and the public interest um, in um, in being able to sort of deal with people that might be problematic, you know. And it's like and and, and neither and it's which outweighs the other, and it will all depend on a fact by on a case by case basis what the facts of, of that case are. So, but if you set the power too wide for the police, then it probably tips the scales too far against human rights and and you would end up with all sorts of human rights challenges against um, decisions made by individual officers uh, in in the, in the home. So really it's, it's the, it's the human rights and civil liberties issue, which is why you can't effectively go into the home and use section 136.
0: That was so good. Um, Well done Keo. Um, For anybody that's that's like a newish listener or not, doing law Paste pace is the Police and Criminal Evidence Act. Is it 1984? Yes. It is 1984, yes. Yeah. So... Um, well what, remembered. With what you've just said um, about like wide-ranging police powers balancing it with civil liberties, also, if you remember, contrasting that... Well, not contrasting that, but just go back to 2020 when the police were given wider-ranging powers to just start busting... Yeah. Uh, during COVID times, if you had a kid's birthday party, the police were known to kick people's gates in and arrest people at that party, or if you were going for a walk and the police started arresting people then. Um, Also, in 1984, and all that that you were saying (coughs) reminded me of, and this would be a really good recommendation if you are um, a student and you've not read it. Uh, Have you read Fahrenheit 451?
1: Me, I've not, you know, I've not right.
0: read it. Right, it's really good. It's only a short novel because apparently, um, in the copy I've got, which actually was my son's, he lent it me, and I was going to lend it you because you're always giving me books. Um, yeah, but he's took it oh, back. That'd be nice. He yeah. won't let me. He uh, went, no, I'm having it. He, bought, he bought it for <laughs> from White from and he said no. Um, so uh, it's it's really really good, and it's it's about it basically a fireman the main characters are firemen and it's to do with we're in a sort of dystopian future and all books are banned and he's got the power to go in if he finds a book uh, in your house or even if you're suspected of having a book. um, He's then got the power to go in and firemen no longer put out fires. They go round with kerosene and Ignite it and start right. fires and just burn your books and burn your house and burn you. Um, and it's right. phenomenal, it's a brilliant book. So, um, but I can't lend it to you, but I would recommend that you buy it. All <laughs> oh,
1: right, I'll go, I'll go and I'll go and see. It's the sort of book you see in charity shops quite a bit, isn't it? Exactly, so it's an older yeah, one. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's the kind of thing I think you probably read when you're maybe in sixth form because it's not very yeah. long and it's kind of. Oh, it's just really good. It's my favorite book I've read this year. I read it and I was like, because also as well, it's really obvious where it's going by sort of chapter three, chapter four, and you have just got this sense of dread. Um, and then it does, it just, it just goes in so many different directions. It's so amazing. It's just a great book. I really enjoyed it, and I don't All think right. you'll I'll, see I'll what happens coming because I absolutely did not. I was totally blind to right. by it, which is oh, great good. as well.
1: Um, yeah yeah so let's get this episode and why on. is it called fahrenheit 451 is that that's, that's the temperature at which paper burns in it is that, is and that, that
0: right? is, it's to do with
1: the burning point
0: yeah and i can't remember if it's if it's to do with the burning point of paper or almost everything but it's to do it right, okay. it says it says very early on um yeah that it's the temperature of that something burns at and it probably is paper but now uh, it's definitely i yeah. think it's the temperature that they're they've got these things called igniters and they've got these kerosene backpacks and that's the temperature that they're at. So
1: yeah. Our our younger listeners are like, what, what books are printed on paper? (laughs) Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. Oh God. That's another (laughs) thing. I think we should look into an old man whinging podcast and just separate it from this and just do some whinging.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'd be up for that. Yeah.
0: Right. Let's go. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, do barelylegalcomedypodcast at gmail dot gmail.com because I prefer it when we do listener suggestions. It's so much better. And like yeah, and definitely. subscribe yeah, yeah. if you'd still do that and tell your friends. Like this, this podcast that's yeah. recorded like in the past. It sounds like
1: it's the sound <laughs> is so unbelievably yeah. shit. It's a bit like it's a bit like you're at a séance, you know, and the <laughs> spirits are oh, talking. Oh god. To you. Okay, well, Imagine getting... that spirits—the spirits are whinging at you about cars.
0: <laughs> Imagine that if you died and they tried to do like a Ouija board, said, that's what, that's what it'd be. <laughs> would it would it'd just be me going. Well, hell is very hot. I am not having a good time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always think that if you if you if you met a ghost, they'd probably have like some very questionable views, you yeah. know, about race relations and stuff like that. Right.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and also, I was going to say, um, partly due to the history podcast and things like that. Very interestingly, um, in the 18th century and, and probably for loads before then and even at the beginning of the 19th century, probably, probably actually for years and years, probably not that long ago, a husband used to have the power to get his wife committed just on his say-so. So ah. was, you, didn't need any, you didn't need anything else other than to go to a doctor and say, uh, my wife needs to be committed. She's quite mad. Bearing in mind at this time she's hysterical. She's hysterical, right? And this is <laughs> yeah. yeah, before a hundred years ago, before they started prescribing orgasms for that, um, which I think is a Freud thing, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it probably sounds uh, like his sort of thing. Yeah, you could just get your wife committed. I'm talking like if you, you're not if you're living in a, you know, not if you're a miner or a no a, no a joiner or a carpenter or a blacksmith or something, but if you're like high society, you just go to a doctor and say, like, who you're paying. Same, yeah, yeah. You say, doctor, person. here's
1: five pounds. My wife is quite mad. <laughs> yes, sort of thing. Then yeah. go,
0: okay, let's have a committee. So anyway, yes. you're rustling. So uh, we don't want to go back. All to right, sorry. We don't want to go back to those days, do we? <laughs> no, that sounds awful. He <laughs> <You> really. <do>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Bye. If you are mad as well. This was Keogh's idea. Don't go looking for me on he's, he's Keogh on Twitter. So that's he's yeah. The, find me on there. He's the it's one right. to go after. Right. Bye.